and good morning. It's Tuesday, the 15th of May, 2018. Welcome back to Autonomous Cars with Mark Hogue, the first and only regularly updated podcast in the world dedicated entirely to autonomous cars. Today, episode 30, autonomous car startup Drive AI likes orange, BMW contradicts itself, and Ohio is now the Wild West of autonomous cars. All this and more right now. Real quick, though, before we get started, just a friendly reminder in case you missed it last week, episode 29, I interviewed our first ever guest, James Newton. Straight from Toulouse, France, he's had a fantastic career spanning Internet of Things, telematics, and automotive. We had a really fascinating discussion about his article about whether autonomous cars will end up being the killer app of Internet of Things or really for 5G generally. Anyway, really fascinating discussion. James had a lot of great stuff to share. So if you hadn't had a chance yet, please loop back to episode 29. Give it a listen. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. So, Drive.ai. Yet another autonomous car startup. This one based in Mountain View, California, with offices in Frisco. No, not San Francisco. Relax. This is the actual Frisco down in Texas. So obviously, lots and lots of startups in the autonomous car space. There's really seems to be a new one almost every other week or so. But Drive AI, I really wanted to call attention to them because they're doing something pretty awesome. And when I say awesome, if I'm honest, you're probably going to sort of roll your eyes and kind of wonder what all the fuss is about. But just bear with me, and I think you'll see what I'm on about. So... Obviously, one of the big problems with autonomous cars is you're not just removing the human element from, well, you know, driving the car. Um, Well, you're also removing the human element from interacting with other cars, that is, other human-operated cars, in the world around you. So let me just kind of flesh out what I mean here. So if you think about what it's like, what it really entails to drive around streets and freeways every day, there's actually a lot more to it besides simply sort of gas, brake, gas, brake, steer, and so forth, right? A large component of driving is engaging with and indeed communicating with other drivers around you, whether it's simply by way of signaling, hand gestures, and more often than not, probably more even than you realize it, with eye contact, including and especially with respect to pedestrians crossing the street. In fact, this is a big reason, in fact, I would say probably the number one reason why many states uh, have laws that regulate the degree to which you can tint your windows, or at least your front windows, certainly your windshield. Now, whether all states necessarily do a very good job enforcing this regulation is a separate issue, but most, if not all states, do at least have such laws on the books. Well... This is because if you remember to when you were, well, much smaller, much younger, um, your parents probably said a thing to you that sounded something like this. Don't cross the street 
unless and until you've made eye contact with the driver. You know, always assume the driver doesn't see you. Now, putting aside for a moment our country's, you know, what I perceive to be anyway, sort of really counterproductive laws about pedestrians always having the right of way and therefore causing people to simply just not even look before crossing the street at all anymore. Putting that aside, um, you know, obviously this is a very sound bit of advice indeed. Do not cross the street before you've made eye contact with the driver and sort of got their visual acknowledgement that they do in fact see you. I mean, it's just foolish. Okay, scratch that. It's just utterly stupid to assume the drivers are going to see you. Um, so, so kind of bearing this in mind then, this is the philosophy with which Drive AI is rolling out a really novel thing. First of all, all their vehicles are painted a brilliant, beautiful tangerine orange. I mean, these are very, very orange cars. Uh, you can't miss them. And guess what? That's the point. Uh, in the same way that school buses are so readily visible by their banana yellow shade. Um, and admittedly, a lot of construction vehicles, too, tend to be shades of yellow or orange. Well, Drive AI has taken a cue from this visual, well, cue, and they've therefore decided to paint all of their vehicles bright orange. And speaking of vehicles, they're also using relatively rare sort of vehicle on the road. Um, it's the new, I believe it's called, yeah, it's the Nissan NV200. If this sounds familiar, that's because it should. New York has a whole bunch of these painted yellow. Yes, that's right. These are the new New York City taxi cabs, which have started to phase in, or I should say to phase out the old sort of, uh, you know, the, the familiar Ford Crown Victorias that have been so popular in, in films for really at least a generation or two now. Um, in any event, all right, obviously, Drive AI, what makes them special, not just the paint job, but they've taken it a step further. They've said, well, look, if these cars, if our cars, I should say, if our Drive AI cars are not going to have actual live humans behind the wheel, we need to make sure, we need to make sure that they can still nevertheless communicate with other drivers and indeed pedestrians the same way that human drivers do so today already. So to quote uh, <clears throat> in their press release, uh, they said, quote unquote, the vehicles will be painted a highly visible orange and they will feature four external screens that communicate the vehicle's intended actions to pedestrians and other drivers on the roads, end quote. So, this is really pretty cool. So just picture this for a minute, right? So, and by the way, again, just actually go read this article. It's over at, again, at 2025ad.com. The article title is, uh, Hi, I'm an autonomous vehicle, in case you didn't notice. Yeah, um, and you can't miss that title for sure. Um, in any event, this is a really, really clever thing, a very smart thing. Here's why. Just imagine for a second, so you're a pedestrian, you're trying to be good and responsible by making eye contact, except that, oops, well, this particular car driving along doesn't have a driver in it. That's going to be a pretty unnerving thing. I mean, just picture this for a second. You're standing at an intersection, you're trying to be good and responsible. You look into the windshield of this car, this bright orange Nissan NV200, you know, and instead of making eye contact, you, uh, you make no sort of contact at all. You just see an empty seat where a driver should be and rather alarmingly and weirdly isn't. Um, how do you know that that car has seen you? Well, until now, 
you wouldn't be able to, and that's just not a pleasant feeling at all. Well, with these new Drive AI cars, the display on the front of the car, or I think rather, to, to clarify, it's going to be more on the side of the car, really, um, there's going to be a little LED display that actually you know, announces that, hey, you know, yes, we see you, we're waiting for you to cross, go ahead, if you please, take a walk across the street. It sounds kind of funny and kind of tongue-in-cheek, but again, if you really try to imagine this and picture the importance of this, you'll see this is no laughing matter at all. This isn't just important, this is crucially important and really, really clever, really brilliant idea. So really, hats off to the Drive AI team. I think this is a very, very important thing. Uh, so, so really fantastic, this. So in a quote to uh, Popular Science, Bijit Halder, he's the VP of product over at Drive AI, he says, we are taking the human out, but how do we substitute that same emotional connection and communication and comfort? End quote. So, so again, th- this is, I think, just a really uh, important thing. Um, so do check out Drive dot AI. What they're doing here is really great. Um, I should say, though, that their initial rollout is very startup-y indeed, meaning this is a very, very limited rollout. Uh, it's going to basically be like this for the next six months. Uh, four vehicles operating in a very small geo-fenced area. Um, it's going to have you know fixed pickup locations, fixed drop-off locations. There will be a safety driver. Obviously, it's going to be free. So, this isn't really going to be very widespread, so chances are you may not even see these vehicles um, unless you're living in Frisco, Texas. Yeah, again, they're headquartered in Mountain View, but this pilot program will be based in Frisco, Texas. So um, anyway, uh, next time you see a bright orange car, give it a wave and take a look at its LED screens. It'll probably be saying hi back to you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So it seems that BMW may be contradicting itself. Uh, if you listen to one of our episodes a week or two ago, we had an interesting discussion on the notion that BMW were of the opinion that autonomous cars need to be sort of level five or nothing. And if that sounds familiar, that's, that's rather like Waymo's position as well, which is that the interim states of autonomy, uh, specifically levels three and four, they place too much of a burden on the human driver, not really a driver, uh, in the sense that they are left to sort of, well, passively and therefore perhaps carelessly just sort of observe what's going on and be sort of on the alert, on the ready to jump and take over if necessary. Uh, again, to be clear, that's for levels two and three. Uh, obviously, level four, passengers, well, drivers become passengers, effectively able to sleep for all but the first and last mile of driving. Um Anyway, so so there was this big discussion then about, you know, is it safe to have these interim levels of uh, of autonomy? Well, you know, maybe I'm exaggerating a bit. I don't know if it's a direct contradiction, but um there's a there's an interview here with 
Dr. Dirk Wieselmann. So just reading a quote of his bio here, this also from the 2025 AD website. So Dr. Wieselmann studied mechanical engineering at the RWTH in Aachen. Uh, since 1986, he's been working for the BMW Group in the thematic areas of motorcycle vehicle dynamics, vehicle physics, and driving simulator. Then until 2011, he was head of research, advanced driver assistance systems, and he went on to become head of product uh, for the advanced driver assistance systems. And since 2013, he's been the senior consultant of automated driving. So uh, I'm not going to go into too much of the discussion here. Uh, again, this is just an article that you should really have a read directly. Uh, the title of this article is BMW Expert. There won't be any acceptance problems with autonomous driving. Uh, it's a really, really fascinating interview with Dr. Wieselman, but I'd like to just sort of touch on some of the issues that were raised here. So the most interesting part of this discussion that I picked up was uh, a question to Dr. Wieselman about the current state of, well, you know, the risk factor uh, with less attentive drivers who aren't really driving in cars of level one and two uh, semi-autonomous functionality. Um, you know, the concern being, again, that if they're not really paying attention, then and if something suddenly goes wrong, well, that sort of makes it more risky, right? Well, Dr. Wieselman mentioned something that I uh, actually didn't know. I, I didn't realize there was actually a study conducted on this, but of course there should have been, and it's really refreshing to hear that there was. So it turns out that there was a really massive investigation. Uh, one million BMW cars, all of which were equipped with levels one and two functionality, between 2014 and 2017, well, it turns out that these cars, despite the admittedly plausible theory that level one and two causes drivers to be less attentive generally, well, nevertheless, they still experienced 15 to 60% fewer accidents than cars without any autonomous systems whatsoever. So again, when we're talking about level one and two autonomy, we're talking about things like you know, uh, adaptive radar cruise control, lane keep assist. So thinking of just sort of popular cars on the road that have these functionalities today, obviously Tesla, many of the higher end Mercedes and BMWs, of course, um, you know, so really common functions that, you know, quite a few years ago, these were really hard to come by, but now they've kind of trickled down even to sort of the lower uh, price point vehicles. So this is a really, really important thing to take away. Uh, and so just to reiterate, the study apparently claims that even though it is potentially a very valid argument to say that cars with only level one or two autonomy uh, risk greater danger because the driver is less attentive, it turns out that the research shows from one million vehicles, these, of course, all BMW vehicles in this particular study, well, they, in fact, were far safer to the tune of 60% fewer accidents. So this is a really big deal, this. So the other thing we discussed, of course, was the positively catastrophic PR event that would result if BMW were to announce a fully driverless uh, level five capable autonomous vehicle without even a steering wheel or gas or brake pedals. Uh, you know, how could you even market BMW as the ultimate driving machine anymore? It just wouldn't be. Well, Dr. Wieselman has, you know, basically made the claim that he believes that steering wheels will be around for quite some time, perhaps even forever, that humans will essentially be able to take over and drive on their own whenever they want to. 
I just want to make the comment that I think he is absolutely correct for the next several decades. However, I do not believe that densely populated areas, uh, including and especially heavily trafficked freeways, I do not believe that all areas will necessarily allow this for more than another 10 to 20 years from now. Um, so I'm just thinking about things like, you know, the, the, the busiest freeways, say in Los Angeles, um, really dense urban downtown areas. I, I just don't believe that humans will be allowed to drive in certain areas um, somewhere in the 10 to 20, certainly 30 year time frame. Uh, I, I agree that doesn't mean that the cars will therefore get rid of steering wheels. They will not. But legally, I just don't believe the cars, the, the humans will be allowed to drive cars in certain areas. Um, but, but again, it's a sort of a non-issue. Uh, the, the important thing is, and I think really this is what kind of reconciles the seeming contradiction, I guess, between you know, what we reported last time and, and this interview here, is that, look, interim states of autonomous car development are actually okay. Not only are they okay, they're actually optimal compared to the uh, to the alternative, which is no autonomous functionality at all. So, you know, and steering wheels will be with us for quite some time for humans to take over as they like. So let's just kind of leave that as it is. Uh, do give the article a read. It's a very fascinating read. Um, so good to know that BMW will continue to be the ultimate driving machine for quite some time in the future. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so to wrap things up today, just a quick note. It turns out that Ohio... Um, Ohio is going to be the place to test fully autonomous cars. Um, if you remember, Arizona had been kind of autonomous car driving heaven uh, until the recent crash with the Uber uh, Volvo XC90 test vehicle uh, striking a pedestrian. Um, and now Ohio has stepped up. Uh, this, according to a report, Republican Governor John Kasich has said in an executive order that uh, it's, you know, Really important, of course, to fast-track testing of autonomous vehicles. The idea being that, look, you know, we, we have to move forward and we have to invest in this technology. Computers do not comb hair. Computers do not text. Computers do not talk on cell phones. And this technology, which is going to be the 21st century technology, is going to save lives, he says. So, you know, not much to say on this, really. Um, this is really great news. Um, what's interesting, I suppose, is the degree to which Ohio is being really flexible, at least flexible sounding, with respect to what they mean by opening its roads to self-driving uh, test vehicles. And, well, by flexible, uh, they're being very flexible. <laughs> First, it turns out that uh, autonomous car companies will be allowed to test on any public road in the state, even without a driver behind the wheel. Now, of course, a licensed driver will need to monitor the vehicle remotely, so again, Essentially, the vehicles will need to be, well, drones. But to the extent that these vehicles will be free to drive on any of the state's 
streets, roads, and freeways without a driver in the driver's seat, well, that's just going to give a whole new twist on those hilariously funny YouTube videos where a driver wears a camouflaged seat and then pulls into a fast food drive through so that it looks like it's a ghost-driven car. Well, now this can be done for real without any camouflage seats. Um, anyway, so hats off to Ohio. This is a really great bit of news. By the way, before signing off here today, one quick uh, sort of a footnote. I stumbled across some really fascinating data, an article over at Autoblog. title is, New Cars Are Safer Than Old Cars. Sure, but NHTSA shows by how much. This is pretty startling. So... There's a bunch of data and numbers, because of course there are, and the really sort of key takeaways are the upper and lower bounds of the following. The numbers represent the percentage of vehicle occupants that were fatally injured, or to put in simpler terms, the percentage of occupants in cars that died in vehicle accidents prior to 1984, contrasted with the percentage of occupants that died in vehicle accidents between 2013 and 2017. Well, prior to 1984, a staggering 55% of occupants died in vehicle accidents. Um, Now, obviously, prior to 1984, obviously goes all the way back to the beginning of uh, automobile time. So that's a pretty big chunk of time. But nevertheless, that's a really, really startling figure indeed. And what's even more incredible is that despite that prior to 1984 means all the way back to the 1900s or however far back the data goes 55% you know interestingly between 85 and 92 well that number only dropped to 53% so in other words the change between all the decades up to and including 1984 and then between 85 and 92 there wasn't really much improvement in in uh, vehicle safety, which is just staggering. Anyway, fast forward ahead to the time frame between 2013 and 2017, and refreshingly, only 26% of occupants were fatally injured in vehicle accidents. So that's just a staggering delta between the occupant survivability rate of vehicle accidents. Um, This just totally blows my mind. But if you want to see all the numbers, head over to Autoblog. You can pull up the numbers over there. Again, this is data released by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. All right, so that's a wrap. Um, Just a quick reminder, please. The more five-star ratings and written reviews that I receive on iTunes, the better. This will always help get the podcast featured on iTunes at some point. At least that's the idea. That's the hope. Remember, this is just a small uh, side project for me. I'm just doing this for fun. Um, We've been going on now for nearly three months, so I'm pretty thrilled to see that it's made as much progress, gotten as much traction as it has. This is, of course, entirely thanks to you to not only listening to the show, but again, obviously leaving the feedback and the ratings. But most importantly, most crucially, of course, sharing it with your friends and colleagues, because the more you share it, the more listeners I get, the more listeners I get, the more I'm incentivized to continue to do the show. So as long as this continues to grow in its listenership, if that's even a word, I promise to continue cranking out episodes to the tune of two to three per week. Um, Anyway, that'll do it. A reminder, leave me voicemails on anchor.fm. If you like, reach out to me on Twitter at Mark Hogue. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, And that'll do it. Uh, Check back in on Thursday. Meanwhile, have a wonderful next couple of days. 
talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.